Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to uh, the next episode. We've used this text quite a bit, but we're going to launch out again with uh, Psalms 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day, utter speech, and night unto night shows knowledge. But then it says there is no speech, nor is there a language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. I'm going to start again. Psalms 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. The sky displays his handiwork. Day after day it speaks out and night after night it reveals his greatness. There is no actual speech or word, nor is its voice literally heard, yet its voice echoes throughout the earth. Its words carry to the distant horizon. To the distant horizon or an event horizon to the place of the point of no return. And in the sky he has pitched a tent for the sun. Beyond the distant horizon and in the place where the light shines, which is the glory of the man Jesus, it's like a bridegroom that emerges from its chamber, like a strong man who enjoys running its course. Out of that place and out of that distant horizon is where this emerges from, and it goes from one end of the sky to the other and nothing can escape the heat. And then he says, the law of the Lord is perfect. And our preservation of life is out of that law. When you feel that like your whole entire existence seems like it's being checked out because you've went out beyond the place of place where you've went too far with the Lord, you've went out too far, just like his disciples did. It's God's law of, it's God's law in his life that preserves you now, because you cannot be preserved according to the way of this world or the ways of this life that's preserved you up until this point. And you can believe this with all your heart this morning, that the rules that are set down by the Lord are reliable. Right now, you can transfer all of your trust onto the Lord because He will impart wisdom to you where you don't know what to do and you don't know how to make it. You don't know where you're going to go and you're like looking for how can I find stability uh, because of our inexperience with a realm of His Spirit like this and we can't always understand it, but we know that we long for Him more than our own very own life. And then you could say that God, your precepts, this means that the word that has been extended to you as a person of authority are actually fair. 
that everything you do is meant to make me joyful so that my life will be filled with joy, not with despair, but with the gladness that is even greater than, the, than our sadness or our madness, but gladness. And you can say to the Lord, I believe your commands are pure because you give me insight in how to live my life, that you are the one who has life. The commands to fear the Lord are right and they endure forever. The judgments given by the Lord are trustworthy and absolutely are just. And they are even greater value than gold. And even if I could go dig right now and I could dig up gold, that what you are doing in my life is greater value than gold. And it's greater delight than honey that I could dig up even out of the rock like you saw with Jonathan and his armor bearer. It's even sweeter honey from the honeycomb. This is where I will find as your servant moral guidance because, listen, we don't know what to do with ourselves. We've come this far, but we don't know, Lord. We need guidance because we need direction, we need protection, and we need provision. And those who obey the Lord will receive a rich reward. And so the Lord is, says that if you'll come out with me, I'll take care of your provision, I'll take care of your protection, I'll take care of your direction. Well, who can know his errors? Please don't punish me for sins I don't even know about. Keep me from committing flagrant sins, sins that I might could engage in. Don't allow them to control me anymore. Then I will be blameless. And I will be innocent of even blatant rebellion. May my words and my thoughts, maybe you could say this to the Lord this morning, may my words and my thoughts, may my words and my thoughts be acceptable in your sight. May the words that are going out of my mouth and the thoughts that are entering into my mind, may they line up with who you are, Lord. That when you look down upon me and we look down upon this congregation this morning, that he would find what he's looking for. Because the eyes of the Lord are traveling throughout the earth looking that he would find faith. He would find a people that would say, I want you more than my life. I want you more than anything else. And he says, oh Lord, you're my sheltering rock. I can climb up to a rock that's higher than I I can go up to one who redeems me. I can rise this morning to a place that seemed inaccessible to me before. You're the redeemer, Lord, and you will redeem. You'll turn things around that we can't turn around for ourselves. You'll turn it all around. You're doing that right now, present tense, the great redeemer.
glory be over all the earth. Let your praises ring over all the earth. Let your glory be over all the earth. You are God of the whole world. You're God of the whole world. You're God of everything. And I believe it. And I believe of who he is oh 
depths of death Oh, I've been And I've been lifted up I'm rescued again Glory to your name Forever I will give And it's so great so great your love it is it's so great for all who ask your aid all who ask your aid and all who ask your aid God I ask today so I throw my hands to the skies above Take my chances with this God of love And every other option is not enough There's only you And I throw my hands to the skies above I'm throwing everything in with this God of love Every other option, it's just not enough Lord, there's only you, there's only you and I raise my voice, and I raise my voice to the top of my lungs. I won't be silent anymore, but I'm going to act the fool. I will play the part. I will sing in unknown tongues. I will give glory to your name, and I will give glory to your name, my life. My life will give glory to your name. Oh, raise your voice, raise your voice. Lift your spirit and your soul. Raise your voice, raise your voice. Raise your voice, raise your voice. Oh, to Him. Oh, you are seated in the heavenlies. You are seated in the heavenlies. Oh, you are praising in the heavenlies. Oh, lift your spirit and your soul. Come up here to Him. Oh, come up here. Raise your hands and raise. Fire. 
us up, bring us up, bring us up, bring us up, bring us up, God. Oh, we enter in with praise and thanksgiving. Oh, and I throw my hands to the skies above. Oh, I'm taking my chances. With this God of love and every other option is not enough Because there is only you And all reality grows out of you Oh, and all being is found in you And all love comes from you Oh, the love that I love you with I borrowed from you You've given us all You've given us all, you've given us all, you've given us all, you've given us all. We will praise you, we will praise your name. Glory to your name, glory to your name, glory to your name. Glory to your name. So your glory will 
Praising Him has nothing to do with how you feel or what you're going through. It has everything to do with turning back your eyes to Him. It's not what emotion you're feeling. It's not what are you thinking. It's what are you believing and where you're looking. Are you looking in how you feel this way or that way? Oh, we choose to praise. We choose to praise. We choose to lift your name. Choose to praise, to magnify you once again. Send out your light, send your truth, let them be my guide. in the life oh Jesus you are the way the truth the light and the life oh Jesus the personified the way the truth and the light and the life Jesus oh the way the truth the light and the light on oh, to the altar of God and there I will go oh, to God the source of all my joy and I will pray I will praise him, I will praise him again and again. I will praise him, I will praise him again and again. I will lift his name again and again and again. I will lift his name again and again and again. I will praise him again. I will praise him.
the mountain of God, the city on a hill, past Sinai and unto New Jerusalem, Zion, here we go. is the sound of a thousand bells. Hear me, nations, hear Israel. My song is the water of the purest well. Hear me, heaven, fear 
me hell my dance carries thunder from the throne of Yah. look at me know he's God my voice is the sound of a thousand bells hear me nations hear Israel my song is the water of the purest me heaven and fear me hell my dance carries thunder from the throne of Yah look at me and know he is God My hands hold the cure for every disease. They're covered in blood and oil and leaves. And my laughter and tears create things unseen. The atmosphere changes, God's released. My worship is armed with spirit and truth. It's sacred, accepted, pleasing to you. My hands hold the cure for every disease. They're covered in blood and oil and leaves. My laughter and tears create things unseen. And the atmosphere changes and God released. My worship is armed with spirit and truth. It's sacred and accepted. It's pleasing to you. Let our praises rise like a weapon in your hand. Let our praises rise, oh God. Let our praises rise like a weapon in your hand. Let our praises rise. Oh, let our praises rise like a weapon in your hand. Let our praises rise. Let our praises rise. Oh, let our praises rise. My voice is the sound of a thousand bells. Hear me, nations, hear Israel. My song is the water of the purest well. Hear me, heaven, and fear me, hell. My dance carries thunder from the throne of Yah. And look at me and know he is God. Let our praises rise like a weapon in your hand. Let our praises rise.
Jesus, rise like a weapon in your hand that I'll praise is rise. Oh, let him rise, let him rise, let him rise. Oh, we can't trust the state. Oh, we are sons of the King. In our hearts he's planted eternity oh the ancient of days the ancient of days oh the ancient of days we can't trust the state oh rely on him we can't trust the state oh we are weapons that are brave rise let our praises rise like arrows and missiles let our praises rise so that they can see that God is alive God is alive let our praises rise let our praises rise let our praise to give a context in this room this morning of what's going on right at this moment. As the Lord's been speaking to me all since we've been worshiping, but this is really important that you see the context. Hosea chapter 2. Israel had come under God's discipline. And there's, there's this whole passage there at the beginning of Hosea 2, but in particular, the Lord just keeps reminding me this morning of Hosea chapter 2, verse 14. It is really important to see this context because what Stephen is literally leading us in right now, it matters. So much, so much we forget who we are. We forget. I forget. And he says, don't forget who you are and what your assignment is in this house. Don't forget. Listen, he said, however, in the future, I will allure her. And I will lead her back into the wilderness. And I will speak tenderly to her. And from there, I will give back to her vineyards, to her. And I will turn the valley that's been a valley of trouble into an opportunity for hope. And there I will sing as she, there where she will sing, as she did when she was young. And when she came up from the land of Egypt, at that time and at this time, even as of today, declares the Lord. He says that Israel will call me my husband, and you will never again call me my master. For I will remove the names of the bell idols from your lips so that you will never again utter their names. When he called us together in this house, he said, I'm going to call you together and I'm going to lay and plant Israel like Jezreel in the valley of Jezreel. 
and I'm going to plant a seed, and it's going to sprout, and it's going to fill the earth. And I'm going to fill the earth, the Lord would say, with a seed, even out of the planting of the Lord, even out of this house, of a brand new culture, of a brand new day. And I'm going to call forth Israel. She's going to come down out of the north, out of the false worship, the idolatry of Bethel, and the idolatry of Dan. I'm going to call forth them. And he's been preparing the remnant. He said, don't forget. He told me, don't forget who you are. I am drawing a remnant together. I'm going to bring Judah and Israel together even in this hour. We declare from this platform that he's given us a new covenant relationship with the God, our God, Yahweh, the God of the heavens. With a repentant Israel, one who's repenting even now, even all across this land and across the nations of the earth. The covenant of God is on us. The covenant of our Lord. That we cut covenant with the Lord. That He's cut covenant with us. No longer. And I declare to you that out of this land and of the lands of these nations, a remnant is rising. You will have Him as their God that are throwing off the idolatry and the adultery of this land. That there is a people right now. And we must corporately call them forward. At this time, I'm going to make a covenant with for them, with the wild animals and the birds of the air and the creatures that crawl on the ground. I'm going to abolish the warrior's bow and the sword and every weapon of warfare from the land. But listen, it won't be the raising up of arms and defense systems anymore. For I declare unto you, the Lord is our defense. The Lord is our defense. The Lord is our provider. The Lord Yahweh is our deliverer. I declare to you that this God whom we serve, He is God and there is no other God like Him. He says, I will commit myself to you forever. I commit myself to you in what? Righteousness and justice. In steadfast love and tender compassion. Off with the idolatry and adultery in our land. God brings up a remnant. He says, I, I'm telling you from the Lord, this remnant, this grassroot is raising up even after a crown virus has come across our land to expose the human condition and expose the heart to the great monarch of the ages. Let the metamorphosis begin. The monarch butterfly come forth. Let the king, I declare to you a king, a king of righteousness, a king of glory. He says, I commit myself to you right now in faithfulness. Will you acknowledge the Lord? I acknowledge you and declare that you are the Lord. I acknowledge you and declare that you're the Lord. Declare with me the Lord. Honey, I acknowledge you, even in this house and all across the land, that you're the Lord. And there is none other like you. 
Uncharted galaxies and God who is spirit, he is alive in me and God of eternity, wonders and majesty, God of creation, he's ancient and alive in me, God of all nations, uncharted galaxies and God who is spirit, he is alive in me. wonders and majesty God of creation he's ancient and alive in me and God of all nations uncharted galaxies God who is spirit he is alive in me all that I praise is rise let your declarations rise let your spirit rise. Oh, let your soul sing forth the praises of Him. We are weapons in the hands of a living God. Sons and daughters of a living God. Ancient, ancient of days. Like a weapon in your hand, let our praises rise, oh God, let our praises rise. Mm. The tide is rising, oh, the Son of Man is standing. Declaration in the remnant. Oh. 
Awaken a war cry in the remnant. Awaken a song of deliverance in the remnant. Oh, oh. Awaken, 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 awaken. Oh, songs of freedom and deliverance and redemption. your incarnation oh oh your resurrection oh is alive and well oh you brought us in oh you brought us in through your cross but now you're resurrecting us oh resurrection oh Militant joy that can be tamed. He is good, he is good. Isaiah 51, verse 12. I, I am the one who consoles you. Why are you afraid of mortal men? and a mere beings who are short-lived as grass. Why do you forget the Lord who made you and who stretched out the sky and founded the earth? Why do you constantly tremble all day long at the anger of the oppressor when he makes plans to destroy? Where is the anger of the oppressor? The one who suffers, listen, hear the word of the Lord, will soon be released. He will not die in prison. He will not go hungry. I am the Lord your God. I turn up the sea so that its waves surge. I am the Lord who commands armies and that is my name. text says, and he took me to this, it's science time to celebrate. This is the moment of our celebration. And yet he said, don't forget me. This is a time of rejoicing. Now, yeah, if you look at what your eyes see, it might trick you. But he says, now rejoice. Now celebrate. I commission you as my spokesman and I cover you in the palm of my hand to establish the sky and to found the earth to say to Zion. Wake up and hear the word of the Lord. 
and majesty and God of creation, ancient, alive in me and God of all nations, uncharted galaxies and God who is spirit. Isaiah chapter 50. This is what the Lord says. Where is your mother's divorce certificate by which I divorced her? Or to which of my creditors did I sell you? Look, you were sold because of your sins. And because of your rebellious acts, I divorced your mother. It's an interesting passage, but it says, why does no one challenge me when I come? Why does no one respond when I call? Is my hand too weak to deliver you? Do I lack power to rescue you? 
Look, with a mere shout, I can dry up the sea. I can turn the streams into a desert so the fish rot away and die from lack of water. I can clothe the sky in darkness and I can cover it with a sackcloth. Sovereign Lord has given me the capacity to be his spokesman so that I can know how to help the weary. He wakes me up every morning. He makes me alert so I can listen attentively as his disciples do. The Sovereign Lord has spoken to me clearly and I have not rebelled and I have not turned back. I've offered my back to those who attack me, my jaws to those who tore out my beard. I did not hide my face from insults and spitting. Oh, but the sovereign Lord, he helps me. So I am not humiliated. For that reason, I am steadfastly resolved. shame. The one who vindicates us is close by at hand. Who dares argue with me? Let us confront each other. Who is my accuser? Oh, who is our accuser? Let him challenge me. Look, the sovereign Lord helps me. Who dares to condemn me? Traitor still. Look, all of them will wear out like clothes. The moth will eat them away. Who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys his servant? Whoever walks in deep darkness without light. Trust in the name of the Lord.
is what you will receive from me. You will lie down in place of your pain.
Sam. You, you'll find him wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Where it seemed that he was outcast, and where he was meant to be celebrated, he was known the least. Institute of the Manchild. Memorial Young Men's Institute. An Institute of the Manchild. where we would like to have security. Not born in a mansion, not born pop and circumstance. A place where he may have felt forlorn, cast out, not wanted. A place where angels peer. the heavenly host sing. Emmanuel, God is with us. Where all the pretentiousness has been peeled away. All the shamefacedness is gone. Where the veil has been removed. Out of Bethlehem, Micah chapter 5, a king shall be born. In a stable, alone, Mary and Joseph, but not alone because God is with us, never alone. Down, 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 down into Bethlehem. Down beyond mortality. An immortal God is born into mortality. And out of this time, a, a man child shall come forth. seven-facet overcomer at the end of the age. An overcoming company. A remnant of God's sons and daughters. The ones who didn't spurn Bethlehem. The ones who went beyond Bethel. That went beyond El Bethel. To a little lowly place. In a lowly town. In the middle of a pandemic, 
in the middle of when everybody else's life matters but his. But he caught a people. He got a people out of Zion. Born from heaven, are seated in heavenly places with him, even now. He will wake up a galactic progeny, the heavenly sons and daughters, knowing who we are. That we were with him, like Job said, before this time and space began. The morning stars sang together. And we, the sons of God, shouted for joy. The Father's good pleasure to throw us all into these bodies. To prove and display to the powers of the air and to the whole cosmos that the blood that he would shed, that we would overcome by the blood of the Lamb that we would testify of the greatness of you, Father. That you're our Father. Let the man-child company come forth. I was beside him, and I was at his throne, and I beheld him as light. And while I was beside him, I was as a nursing child. At that same moment, I was a master craftsman. Proverbs 8.30. I was right there, Lord. This went beyond kingdom and creation and fall. It's beyond us all. Now we're with you, Lord. Now I'm with you, Lord. Wake up, O sleeper, and Christ will give you life. You shall rise from the dead. Wake up, O sleeper. Wake up, O sleeper. The Father is with us. Emmanuel, God with us, God with us. This fire burns. The gap is being riveted, it's being shifted. The disconnect and the divine is coming off. The veil is being removed in the face of Jesus Christ.
who can compare to you, Lord. Amen. Well, we did this last week, but um, um, we want to bless the uh, the Y and my or the I and Y this morning. If you have some cash or things like that, to um, they're raising some money for jackets for the poor, and then also we. We bless a man, I believe he's so fittingly named, or nicknamed, especially in this house. Uh, we, we bless him. His name's Theodore, but we give him some resources every week for just opening up this place for us, and he's been so good to us. And um, if you feel led this morning to just put some cash in for, for man, and then also for <clears throat> the raising up of support for uh, jackets to go to those who are in need of staying warm in this season. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord. Your goodness is uh, beyond question. Your faithfulness is beyond reason. For unto us a child is born and a son is given.
I do have a word from the Lord um, uh, this morning for you. I uh, got up here this morning. I said, I have nothing. I was telling Stephen, I have nothing. Of course, the very best of something comes from nothing. That's Christopher Robin, by the way. So we take our words from Winnie the Pooh, but... <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Something we can agree on. Um, but Jesus also said that himself, I can do nothing except what I see my father doing. I didn't hear or do anything except what he was doing. And so there's this attention uh, to him. And in the place of nothing <clears throat> does come the very best of, in this case, someone um, not just something. In uh, Genesis chapter 38 this morning, <clears throat> this is a very um, amazing story, one in which you probably would not want to hear me preach for five to six hours. But I could uh, give you a maybe a six to eight hour sermon right now easily out of this text, but I'm not going to do that. Um, this is a profound piece of, um, of work, Genesis 38, speaking of <clears throat> and Judah and Tamar. How many of you have read this story or know this story of Judah and Tamar? No? Okay. Um, in short, Judah is the um, Judah is the fourth son of Leah. Leah was the first wife of Jacob. Uh, Jacob had two wives, Leah and Rachel. Leah bore Jacob six children, and Rachel bore Jacob two children. And then they had uh, two other servants or help, helpers that uh, bore him the remaining of his uh, children, which was, um, in fact, 12 children. <clears throat> and, of course, uh, Jacob comes from Isaac, and Isaac comes from Abraham. Abraham comes from Shem's line. Shem comes from Noah. And Noah comes from back in the day. <laughs> he comes from Adam. <laughs> Let's back it all the way up. There's a lot of lineage there. So here we find ourselves in the fourth, the fourth <clears throat> son of uh, Jacob, Judah. And... Judah uh, has children. He has some sons, and um, and the way that it worked in that culture in that day, and it actually works that way today, whether we recognize it or not. But your son will have children, and then they'll be named after you, that son, and then it passes on the offspring through the son. And so there had been. Uh, a death, and 
Judah's daughter-in-law, Tamar, uh, needed to bring forth a son, and there was no son born to her. And so there was a, this is pre-Leverite or pre, what I mean by that is pre-Levite or Leverite marriage, where that if your family members didn't produce an heir, a male heir, then, and the husband died, then this brother, if, if he's not married, would marry the wife, marry his sister-in-law, and then they would have children to bring forth the line and perpetuate the line forward. And so in this text, in Genesis 38, uh, this is what's going on, is uh, Tamar needs to have children, and so Judah tells her, remain in my house, this is in verse 11, remain a widow in your father's house till Shelah, my son, grows up. Because the other brothers had Er and Onan had done what was not right in the sight of the Lord. They, they did not want to produce an offspring or an heir through Tamar. And so Tamar is left without a son. Now, in that day, like, Culturally, if you're a female and you're widowed and you are left out on your own, there's no one to take care of you. Like they didn't have a lot of the conventions that we have today, um, like government assistance or other ways to provide for you. There wouldn't be any provision. And so she would be left without that provision without an heir. Now, Judah does the right thing. He says, stay in my house. My other sons didn't give you a, an offspring. And so when Sheila, who was so much younger than her, when he grows up, he'll, um, he'll do this. So in the course of that time, Judah's wife, Shua, she dies. And so Judah, had, Judah is going through grief over the death of his wife. And he goes up to shear this sheep. And Tamar has found out that Sheila, the younger son, is not going to perform his duty in regards to bringing forth a son. And so she covers herself up and takes on the, uh, the form of a uh, prostitute or a harlot. And she covers her face, and so she's by the roadside, and she says... Come, let me come in uh, to you to Judah. Now, Judah doesn't know this is his daughter-in-law. If y'all think some of the things they put on TV is bad, just read the Bible. <laughs> I mean, this is some pretty messed up stuff, you know. So Judah's in a place of pain. He's hurting, I, I suppose. He's hurting over his wife, and he needs some encouragement. <laughs> I don't know what else to call that. And so he sees her and he says, you know, come. And, and she comes into him. And uh, she says to him, what will you give me? This guy's a rascal, man. Let's just say. He says, um, I'll give you a young goat from the flock. This is going to be his payment for it, you know. I'll give you a goat. This is kind of the way Judah feels about her. 
This is kind of the way he, this is the kind of way he treats a female. You're, what you do for me is worth a goat. And he says, I'll pledge it to you. And she replied, I don't want that. And he said, well, what will you give to me? And he says this, he says, I'll give you a signet, my signet ring. Well, give me, she says, give me your signet ring, your cord or what rope, and give me the staff that's in your hand. Now, the way I understood this from the Lord, I just call it the ring, the rope, and the rod. Give me your ring, your rope, and your rod. And so he does. And so she goes in to him and she conceives. I like how the text says it here, she conceives. Because it doesn't do what our culture today is say the baby's only a baby when it comes out of the womb. She conceives and she arose and goes her ways, takes off her veil, puts the garments of her widowhood back on. And so uh, Judah, it says in 20, goes to send a young goat by his friend, the Adolamite, to take the pledge from the woman. Because basically what happens is he can get his ring, rod, and rope back if he sends the goat because she has no collateral. Judah knows how to cut some deals, but... He cuts a deal with her, and so, so he goes, well, where is she at? And so he returns to Judah and said, I've not found her. And the men of the place say, no prostitute has been here. And Judah replied, let her keep the things as her own or we'll be laughed at. You see, I sent this young goat, and you did not find her. About three months later, Judah's told, Tamar, your daughter-in-law, has been immoral. Moreover, she's pregnant by immorality. I also like how the text says this too, because God doesn't take the text and twist it in any way. He calls this immorality. Well, says, um, this is crazy. Judah says, bring her out and let her be burned. What a rascal, man. By the man to whom these belong, she brings out, she says, she was brought out. It's a good thing that she um, took some collateral. But she said, by the man who gave me these things, I am pregnant. Please identify whose these are, the ring, the rod, and the rope. Judah, Judah identified them and said, she is more righteous than I. Since I did not give her to my son, Sheila, and he did not know her again. And when the time of her labor came, there was twins in her womb, and when she was in labor, one put out a hand. And the midwife took and tied a scarlet thread on his hand, saying, this one came out first. But he drew back his hand. Behold, his brother came out, and she said, what a breach you have made for yourself. Therefore, his name is called Perez. And afterward, his brother came out with the scarlet thread on his hand, and his name was called Zerah. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this word this morning. Help me to speak the word that you would have me to bring to your people. Amen.
What I found out later was that the ring that uh, Judah had was a signet ring. Any of you know what a signet ring is? Or a ring that a monarch would actually wear. Have any of you ever received a, a letter with a wax seal on it? Anybody ever received a wax seal letter from anybody? Has it, have you ever had one? Anybody? Laura? Okay. Uh, Sadie says she has. And on the wax seal, what they'll do, what a king will do is he'll seal, or a, a royal dignitary will seal that seal with a, his signet ring. They put the mark and inscription of where it comes from. And that seal is not to be broken except by the one who receives it. It, it receives that wax seal. And so what Judah had around him was the seal of authority that when he makes contract or when he uh, signs a piece of, let's call it legislation, it has the seal put into it and the approval that what he says is what goes. Around his neck, he had a rope. And that rope, they, they say, was like a, a braided rope. And on that rope hung that signet ring or seal. The rope and the ring, the rope was the, the sign of his executive authority. The ring was the signal or the sign of his legislative authority. Because he was a contract maker. Judah's a contract maker. He cuts contracts. And the rod is the strength of his judicial authority. In the king, because Judah is the line that the kings will come from, in the line of kingship is invested in him executive, legislative, and judicial power. Now, I just want to like set this up a little bit because in today, in our government, we have, what, three branches of offices, right? You have an executive branch, which, which the President of the United States has authority in. You have a legislative branch, right? And we have legislators that make laws, right? Congress, that's comprised of the Senate and the Congress. And you have a judicial branch, and in this case, the highest judicial authority in our land is what? Supreme Court, and throughout the judicial branch are other courts. I think there are nine other courts, is that right, within our land may, uh, that are underneath the Supreme Court, and then it goes down to lesser courts or lesser uh, judicial branch aspects of our nation. But when God, when God designed Judah... When God said that out of him will come forth kingship, uh, royalty, he gave him all three. He didn't make Judah and just say you can have executive power. He made him so that he would have executive power, legislative power, and judicial power all wrapped up into one guy. We don't even have that today in Great Britain. You know what kind of monarchy they have? What's it called? Anybody know? Starts with a C. Constitutional. They have a constitutional monarchy. So they have a prime minister who sits a seat of two different aspects of life 
which is usually the blues and the reds. That prime minister gives oversight to them, and then they have a, what you call a, they have a queen right now, Queen Elizabeth. But all the power is not actually invested in her. It's placed into the prime minister and a cabinet that sits under, and they administrate the uh, efficiency and governmental affairs of that nation. And so she's like a figurehead. But when God made Judah, God made an absolute monarch. He made someone that he would say what they say goes. I'm putting in them the executive power, the legislative power, and the judicial power. We fled that. That's the, it's called the American Revolution. It's called the French Revolution. We, we were leaving that because who could be invested with that kind of power and not abuse it? And man, everything breaks down from there. And so when we begin to look at Judah today, we can see why that we all felt that way. Because that guy's working something on the side. And is that good authority? Is that righteous authority? And is willing, is willing to become immoral and lay down his judicial, his executive, and his legislative power all for a quick fix. It sounds like we've had a problem even within this nation with representative democracy. Have we not? Even within the republic, even a, a republican mindset or even a de democratic mindset, has there not been abuse of power? Things going on in the back, in the back corner, someone hiding something, some form of immorality. Yes, this could be a point here, but if we only knew, if we just only knew, if you only knew who you were, if you only really understood deeply what Jesus had paid for at the cross for you, And that everything is trying to come against us to get us some way to buy us off and to get us to move out of our position in Christ. You and I are going to be challenged like we never have in this generation that's upon us right now. Things are trying to come against us to get us into a position because the enemy is contesting you, the sons and daughters of God, before the Father. He's, it's a contesting, it's a contesting, saying, well, if I present a little bit of this to them, watch what they'll do. The people are giving up, like never before, the freedom that Christ brings to us, where he has an integrity of the human heart that is completely integrous towards him and authentic. Uh, Jesus has purchased on Calvary by his blood your full restoration, your reformation, that you would go from a divided heart to a Davidic heart, and your restoration of image to completely restore you before him. So to this great contest that's going on between the powers of the air, 
and the life that you're living in right now, that the accuser is accusing uh, the church and accusing us. Why? Because many, many within God's house are letting go of their judicial, executive, and legislative authority that's been invested in us by the Lord. Why? Because felt needs, felt needs are driving us more than the word of the Lord. They're motivating us. Our health is a felt need. Our finances are a felt need. And the relationships around us are a felt need. They're real. They, they, they test you. They test the metal of who you are. The enemy so fast wants to give you something else in the replacement of what God himself would give you freely. If you just take it. He's doing this like never before in the health sector like never before. There's an assault against our health. He said, I'll give you this. Just give me a genuflexure. Just give me the bowing of the knee just a little bit. If I could just get you to compromise just a little bit. Compromise your integrity before the Lord. Carol, I have compromised my integrity. I have. Listen. Repent. Just repent. Confess it to the Lord. He's faithful and just. Forgive you of your sins. Cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Don't continue in it. Stop. Don't lose the birthright. This is why I believe he's going to wipe many tears away from many people's eyes. Because you're going to, we're all, oh my Lord, that was mine. And yet I spurned the work of God in my life and in the private place when no one was looking. When the pressure's real, ladies and gentlemen, these pressures are real. They're real. Let's just not kid ourselves. It takes courage, man. It takes courage when all the chips are down and you're standing on the word of the Lord alone. Now, is God working something out in you, his son and daughter, even from what's went wrong? Yes. <laughs> I love the redemption of the Lord. I thank God that he's a redeemer. I thank God he's a redeemer. Because if there was no redemption, I mean, what good? I mean, we might as well cut chase and just go blatantly into open rebellion and sin. But there's a redeemer, and I proclaim him to you. I want you to hear that. He's a redeeming God. He'll take the messed up stuff and restore it and make it beautiful. That's the picture that we see uh, today in the text. What is particular, has been particular interest to me today, I'm going to take you in this for just a little bit, where the Lord had me today um, with you, is this guy, uh, Zara. And it would take me a long time to talk about the Irish today. I've got a man here who probably could talk about the Irish really well. His name's Tom McManus. Irish blood running through him. They had something in Ireland. It's like this. Like I've seen it on like a flag. It's like the man with the red fist. Don't mess with that Irishman. <laughs> you know, y'all have seen it over at Notre Dame, right? The fighting Irish. And there's this whole, like, you can go study it. I've done a bunch of studying on this, but it said that 
that was possible. Well, that's too complicated. I can't get into all this. But they were like known as the one with the red hand, raising the fist. No monarch is going to govern over me and take our lands and strip our lands. And I mean, it's, that's not a good feeling to have some other sovereign come in over your properties and take up your livelihood and your productivity and you got to give a tax back and nobody likes that. I don't care who you are. No, no one wants your property to be seized. And, and there's a good reason why the man with the red fist would raise his hand. Go study this if you want, but they say that even from the tribe of Zerah came forth the Irish. You, do you know anything about this, Tom? <laughs> Janie can believe it. Don't mess with the man with the red hand. Or proverbially speaking, the man who is in the womb of Judah, uh, Tamar, is going to thrust out the red hand, the, or the hand first. Why? Because Zara, we're going to find out later, is actually wanting to grab at political power. Zara is born to govern. It's just not born to govern first. So the midwife puts the red on the hand of Zara. The hand goes back in. And out comes Perez, the one who is the breaker. You know who's going to come from Perez? It's a beautiful line. We get to hear about it, but a line, it'll go up through Obed, and it's going to go up through Jesse. It's going to come out through David. It's going to end up coming up through Mary. And Joseph's going to have this baby, right? You're going to see the line of royalty come to a king, a Jesus. But what about this Zerah guy? Doesn't he have rights? I mean, isn't he the twin brother? Stephen and I was coming out of a um, passing review meeting um, Monday, right? We're coming out of passing review. The Lord told me go do a whole passing review over the last 25 weeks of Collider after the Lord finished spelling um, Mem Lamed Kaf Yod, which spells Melech or King, and that we had closed out that part of our uh, journey together. And we're coming out of that meeting and... Um, Bob, brother, it was amazing, wasn't it? I mean, we got into marriage and family. We got into the way things are supposed to go, what we've been doing, all this work of God in this house, the beauty of what he's doing about preparing to launch forth his ministry and all that. It was awesome. And we come out, and Stephen, he goes his way, and I'm going my way, and I come around the corner, and on the 18-wheeler truck bed, it says, Don with a red sun. And this was Monday. And you can ask Kara, I've sort of been struggling since Monday. I try, you know, I'm just, oh, Lord, what's going on with all of us? And I remember when that happens, because, like, I don't know if you know this prophetically, but the Lord will put his finger on something, and then and he'll say, hey, pay attention. And so the Lord says, pay attention. So I, I look at the 18-wheeler, it says Don in black. Have you all seen that truck before? You know what I'm talking about? The little red sun. And the Lord said, pay attention. And he always says that to me. And I literally am forgetting uh, uh, the context of what's going on. He's like, pay attention. It's like you forget so fast what the Holy Spirit's doing. I don't... It's like this external world is trying to get you off of the eternal God. 
It's like this polarity. And, and it's like you, you get your eyes back on, how am I going to deal with health, provision, and direction? And the Lord's like, stop it, come up and be with me. And you're back into what you can do. And I mean, it's so fast that you're just like, you come out of an experience and you're back into how are we going to make it? And the Lord's like, stop. Be in, I'm in you. Let me just live my life through you. And we come out and I see the red sun and I get in worship this morning. And the Lord said, because I, I said, oh, I see it, Lord. I see the dawn is rising. And then I... um. I go uh, take my walk because I'm just like, I'm with the Father. I go take my walk. There that truck is again. And the Lord's like, I'm trying to get your attention. The dawn. I'm like, the dawn uh, has come. And this morning when we, we got into worship, he says to me, go to Hosea chapter 2. Now stay with me because I'm, I'm going to land this plane for you in a really good way. I have a word from the Lord. Hosea 2 describes idolatrous Israel and the discipline that had come against the nation for turning away from the Lord. Hosea is having to take on in sort of a reverse fashion to what Judah did, but as a godly man, he has to take on a woman who is that he knows is in harlotry or is idolatrous or is involved in a promiscuous lifestyle. And I, I can't imagine if you were um, in a preparation by the Lord to uh, be his uh, leader or you had spent your whole life in preparation for him, that the Lord would say, okay, you're ready for your ministry. You've done really well, got you all set, you're ready for ministry, and he says... Go marry the woman who's going to cheat on you. <laughs> You're going to stay with her. But, but, but Lord, that's wrong. You, you know, she's a harlot. I don't hang out with that kind of clientele. That's not the kind. I didn't prepare for ministry so I could go and be with a harlot. I mean, isn't that wrong, Lord? That I would go sign a marriage covenant vow to someone that you're telling me is going to actually cheat on me. And you're saying uphold the marriage. We think sometimes we understand marriage with the Lord. That God would have him cut a vow with someone who is going to cheat on him and tell him to love her. He's going to end up having to purchase her because she's going to sell herself into more of this idolatry through harlotry as a, just a max out adultery he says now hold on to her and keep her I don't know about you but that is not cool man and I can't say I know everybody's situation in this room but if this has ever happened to you it would be extremely painful if you had a spouse or someone cheat on you or a relationship, right? It is not, that is a very extremely painful thing to go through. If you've done that, it's extremely painful for you. It affects your generation. It affects multiple generations. This isn't like the easiest thing to go through. And yet God calls Hosea to it. Because it's something, there's something that God is after. 
He's after demonstrating himself through Hosea that he's going to, yes, bring discipline to Gomer, but yet he's going to show the greatness of his love to bring her back. I think most men called to ministry would say they would find it in the text, I have every right. You're out, man. I'm done with you. You've hurt me beyond question. I'm wounded to my core. I cannot take this. I cannot take you going out perpetually and cheating on me. I've done everything I could for you, and yet you still, for some reason, you run. If you get a chance, ask Kara about the song she introduced to me uh, this week. We both just sat there and cried. It's by Jess Ray. What's it called, honey? Run away. You ever try to like love somebody? Like really? Like lay your life down for them? And they don't recognize how much you're trying to give to them? And they keep wanting another lover? They keep wanting to go and get something else to fill that void that sits in them? Like you're never enough? It doesn't matter how much you lay your life down for them, they need something else. It's probably, and I can't say I've experienced this, I have, a, I have a lover for a wife. She's been faithful to me for 21 years, the end of this December, to her core. I've never been loved by, like she's loved me. She's confronted me. She's been with me. She's hung on to me. She's been with me all the way. I got the best wife. God gave me the most excellent wife. I can't know what it would feel like to feel what I'm saying this morning, but to think that something else could appease mine, my lovely back there, that somebody else would be more special to her than me. To think that even our children, to think that even her parents, or to think that even reading something or wanting something else would be more important to her than me, it breaks my heart. Because I haven't even got to experience that. That woman has loved me. I've been more like Gomer. I have all these things in the fire. I want to do all these things. God, through Hosea, is trying to say, stop going after many other lovers. Stop pursuing something else. Hosea's got to learn not to be angry. I mean, he seems to be with every right to raise the proverbial red hand and put the smut down on Gomer. I mean, how hard would it be to just take that red hand out and say, girl, you've got to quit what you're doing. You're making me mad. You keep running off when I'm trying to love you, but you, it's hurting me. I think some family violence comes from that. I do. I, I think that's why some people are patching holes in walls. They're hurting inside. But God wants and doesn't agree with what Gomer's doing. What he's doing is he's teaching Hosea love. Love at the core of his being like God loves. Love that says you brought in the filth again. You try to bring it in and track it into my home. And love says I lay my life down for you again. 
I'm even going to support children that aren't even my own offspring. It's pain, folks. It's, there's, no, there's no two ways about it, and I can't even represent this pain. It's the pain of God. It's the pain of God that he's felt with us. Always wanting another lover. Always wanting someone else but me. Always wanting something else but me. I, I want a relationship with you like this. And you know, I've been preaching this out of Hebrews chapter 10. This is why this message is so glorious to Israel. This is why it will bring back the northern kingdom to God's people. This is why Judah had to stop what he was doing. We, we find Judah later on, Solomon's son, Rehoboam. And Rehoboam says to Jeroboam, he says, look, because his young advisors tells him, he says, double tax, double tax your brothers. Put a double offering on them. And Jeroboam says, I'm done with this. Your daddy was getting into sleeping with all these women. And I'm sick of it. I'm going to the north and I'm going to set up my own altars. And he does in Bethel and Dan. Because the north southern kingdom, Judah, again, is committing themselves to a life of immorality and doing things that they're not supposed to do. And they want to double tax us and take our lands and take all of our things from us. And I don't want to be treated like that. And proverbially, just so to speak, Jeroboam, a northern king, raises his red hand, but he's, he's not of Judah, but he's of Ephraim, and he says, done with this. Why? If Rehoboam, a king of Judah, would have really knew who he was, if he would have knew he was delighted in and desired by the Father, he'd have never double-taxed his brethren. Never. You know what he would have done? You know what his name means? His name, one who enlarges the nation. He would have enlarged them. He would have blessed them. He would have knew that God was his father and he needed none other than his relationship with father. Now the whole nation is divided because at the base of this division, and it's done this all over our land, and I'm telling you, the Lord, the Lord is saying I'm done with it. I'm done. I'm done with this thing. I'm finished with it. I want you as a people to stand before me, know me as Father, and not be driven by the things of this world, by the materialism, the sensationalism, the power basing it. I want your heart towards me. He's telling Hosea that. He's letting Hosea feel his own pain. He's, display, he's displaying his own pain before the nation, and that's what he's doing this morning, telling me this morning. I withdrew the agricultural fertility from Israel. Eric, I found out you come from an agricultural family. Is that right? So you understand that if you were to go plant and you were to put these seeds in the ground, and you know that if you don't water them and certain plants don't get certain amounts of sunlight, that it won't produce a crop, right? And if blight comes or if you lose sunlight or if you get a second frost or something like that, you can lose your whole crop. And that could affect your entire family's ability to provide. Your daddy and your granddaddy and your family where you come from. 
Well, imagine God withdrawing the fertility out of your agriculture. What do you do? How are you going to make it? And this is what happens to Israel. God withdraws the fertility of the land from them. While in the middle of showing them, I want you to quit going after the idols of the land. I'm done with this. I want to draw you in and I want to bring you to a place of restoration. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what's happening all over our land right now. Do you know why the dollar is inflating? Agricultural fertility is being withdrawn by the Lord. But why? Because he has sons and daughters all throughout this land that is his remnant family, and he's, he's tired of it. It's over. The Lord is tired of us setting other gods in our midst and worshiping them more than him. And so what is he doing? He's hedging us in. And you here in this ministry, you're among a small remnant that he's been hedging in for years He's been depleting out things for you and drawing you to himself to get you into an understanding so you can even listen to this message and that you would agree with it in your heart that he would restore you and your families to wholeness. If you would but yet turn uh, back to him. He's doing this to my family. And so in uh, Hosea 2.14... I'm going to allure her. I'm going to lead her back into the wilderness. I'm going to speak tenderly to her. From there, I'm going to give her vineyards back to her. And the valley of trouble is going to turn into an opportunity of hope. She will sing as she did when she was young, when she came out of the land of Egypt. At that time, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband and not my master. I'm going to remove the names of the Baal idols from your lips so you'll never know their names again. And at that time, I'm going to make a covenant with them from the wild animals and the birds of the air and the creatures that crawl on the ground. I'm going to abolish the warrior's bow and sword. And that is every weapon for warfare from your land. And I'm going to allow you to live securely. I'll commit myself to you forever. I'll commit myself to you in righteousness and justice and steadfast love and tender compassion. I'll commit myself to you in faithfulness and then you'll acknowledge I'm the Lord. I'm willingly going to respond. Listen, declares the Lord, I will respond to the sky and the sky will respond to the ground. The ground will respond to the grain and the new wine and the new oil. Or the, the olive oil, excuse me. And they will respond to this. God plants. This word is Jezreel. And I will have pity on the one who has been called no pity. And I will say to the not my people, these were the children born out of harlotry, you are my people. And he will say, you are my God. Well, Carol, what does that have to do with the truck and the dawn? Well, Jezreel has a threefold wordplay, and it means, or a phonetic wordplay, that's similar to the sound of Israel. 
It also is a name that plays on the verb to sow or plant. It's immediately following this word that in the word play creates an etymology meaning. God sows or plants. And it fits well within the agricultural fertility imagery. This connotation of Jezreel is to reverse the negative connotation. Now you have to know your biblical history of when Jehu will come in and sack the whole Omri dynasty, which was Ahab's family who was in charge of the northern kingdom. Jezreel, or, or this meaning God plants Jezreel, or the planting in the land, it comes from another understanding in Scripture It's like a similar word to the word Jezreel comes from this word or has a similar uh, root, Zerah. And Zerah means the dawn will shine forth. Zerah means that the awakening of light will break forth on the earth again. The man with the red around his hand is finally going to put his hand behind his back and say, Lord, you come first. Am I not a king too? It's like the real Me Too movement. <laughs> but am I not a king? Don't I come from Judah? Isn't he my daddy? Yes. But you can't come first. But it doesn't mean you're not going to shine. It doesn't seem right for Ireland to... It doesn't seem right. And Tom can know this pain way better than I can. And that the Irish, that the way that they would rise would be to put their proverbial hand behind their back. That there was more power in that than there is... The IRA. There's more power in Hosea proverbially putting his hand behind his back while he watches this painful thing happen to him. There's more power when we're submitted to the, to the work of the cross in our life than when we try to come out and bring our thing to bear. Because we have some kind of right. Because someone has done us wrong. Something's cost me again. Somebody has hurt me again. Someone has run roughshod over all of my goodness and kindness. And the Lord would say, Zerah, let me come first. Because when I do, real light's going to break out. You're not going to have to fight for yourself anymore. I'll fight for you. And in that way... In that way, the seed goes into the ground and it produces a great harvest of blessing. In that way, we're not sitting there realizing I'm trying to work the nubs of my hands off just to get something. I had to crawl my way into whatever I got. No, finally, 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 I just put my hands behind my back. Or I use my hands to love. I use my hands the way God meant for me to. 
What happens? Light breaks forth. Listen, light. You need this light. I need this light. This light that shines. Isaiah chapter 60. Kings will come to your brightness. That light would break forth out of you. That God's been tempering you. That God's been tempering your nature. Have you been done wrong? Yes. Many have. Have you been put people in your life that maybe someone's done you wrong and hurt you deeply? Yeah. Maybe so. But can you draw your hand back? Can you let him come first? Because out of that is real light. It's the light that will change the world. In Psalms chapter number 22. I remember years ago this, this came up. I was looking at Psalms 22. How many of you are familiar with it? My God, my God. Why have you what? Do you know what David calls himself at the beginning of that psalm? He calls himself the hind of the morning dawn. He willingly goes to the cross. Let's stand together. This is no easy thing that when you have the right or you think you do to pull back when you could move forward, to say that word that you could give but you can't say it. To do that thing that you would like, you want someone to actually understand. If you just understand how many times you had hurt me and what you had done wrong to me, when I extended my love, you ran. When I laid my life down, you didn't understand what I was doing. I just wanted you to understand. You find out when you go to try to help the other person understand that they would never understand. But he doesn't. McManus, he knows every time you lay your life down. And you're a blessing to me. Bless me more than I can ever give words to. Demonstrate the Father to me. I thank God for you. You too, Henry Todd. Demonstrate God's heart of Father. I wish I could be half the man that you are. Brad, thank you for all the times you've listened and said, Carol, look at me, look at him, looking at you, looking at him. The heart of Father. You don't have to hedge. Do you know you could keep pushing out on this? I believe this all my heart. Yeah, but putting a hand behind the Father loves us. The Father delights in us. The Father will give everything that He gave one man. 
his only son. I don't have to hedge. I don't have to be a hedge fund manager. I can push out. No one understands. Push out in love. Yeah, but I might be left alone. I might not know how to. T- don't worry about it. I got you. Now I'm building a kingdom. I'm building a kingdom that cannot be shook. I'm building one within you. I purposefully let you be done wrong. Yes, well, I don't understand. I don't understand, Lord. I've let you be misunderstood. For someone to give you me. Light break forth. Light break forth. Because I'll give you my whole self. I'll give my whole self to the one who doesn't hedge. I'll just give you me. (laughs) And you'll say back to me, that's all I ever wanted. Who doesn't want to be desired and delighted in, in this room? I want to be known for who I really am. I want to be expressed for who I really am. I don't want some artificial, superficial thing on my life. And the Lord is not. Oh, the Lord is not going to. He's not going to let you. Because he loves you. So let him have his way. Hey, Zara, pull your hand back. But I feel alone when I do that. Because if I go grab for this, I can fix this. Hey, Zara, pull your hand back. But they don't understand me, Lord. They don't see what I've done for them. They don't see how this has interfered with love. Hey, Hosea, go pay the price. But I don't want to pay it again. Didn't I already learn this lesson, Lord? How deep does love go? How deep does being misunderstood go? I think I hear the Lord saying to me, Until the dawn breaks forth. Until the light comes. I've thought for years. I've thought for years. There's no end to this. I've heard Brad say, how deep does the rabbit hole go? And then we squirm at the depth of the rabbit hole. The infinite disparity you speak of so many times between us and him. And yet that all in the sudden, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Light comes forth out of the heavens. It shines forth out of us and the dawn begins to rise. And there's no more, there's no more squeamishness in the stomach. There's no more hedging at the corner. There's just a move across for love. No more hiding, no more veil. Just Christ in us, the hope of glory.
Zara's in submission. And in his full and utter dis submission, the dawn breaks forth. And what? Fertility comes. A whole generation. Oh, I know this today. Now I know it like I know that he's good. Harvest is white. <laughs> Sickle is ready. We can't do it, but he can in us. Read forth your harvest, Lord. Ekbalo. Oh, Israel's being primed. She's being made ready. Stephen sings this song. Just come and we'll take communion together.